Good morning, everyone. It is the 17th of May. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Pella Strataki and Asim Kadri. It's fair to say that markets were troubled last week. We had rising tensions in the Middle East and a cyber attack on one of the biggest U.S. oil pipelines, certainly created volatility in the oil price. But the biggest upset to financial market sentiment was around this spike in U.S. inflation, Pella. Thank you, Lorna. Yes, U.S. CPI unexpectedly jumped to 4.2% last week, a 13-year high, causing investors to worry that the Fed might look to bring forward the tapering of its asset purchase program, which is currently at $120 billion per month and has been supporting markets since last March. This led to forecasts for the PCE inflation measure, which is used for the Fed's 2% target, to actually rise to 2.8%. The CPI reading on Wednesday was followed on Thursday by a higher-than-expected increase in U.S. producer prices. And producer prices in China rose 6.8% year-on-year in April. And this is the fastest pace of growth in more than three years. Even in the eurozone, initial estimates indicate inflation hit 1.6% in April and could get close to 2% later this year. That's an interesting set of figures. But in the end, though, the bond markets largely seem to take these indicators of rising inflation in their stride. Well, the yield of the US 10-year jumped from a low of 1.55% in early May to nearly 1.7% last Wednesday before falling back again. It was at 1.61% at Friday's close, which is actually a bit lower than where it stood at April month end. So the effect of the CPI print was noticeable, but actually fairly short-lived. More broadly, though, it is worth noting that the market-implied probability of rate rises in the U.S. has diverged from the Fed's dot plot, meaning that the market expects rates to rise earlier than the Fed itself has indicated that they will. Yes, we can feel that uncertainty in the markets. If we turn to the emerging markets now, Asim, there was a sharp pickup in volatility in Taiwan. What brought this on? So hi, Lorna. Yes, that's right. So last Wednesday, the Taiwan stock market experienced its largest one-day fall since March last year, with the equity index falling over 8% during the day before recovering to end the day down 4%. So the Taiwan equity market has really been a standout in Asia during COVID due to its strong performance. So the volatility we saw last week is at odds with how the market has fared during the crisis. And there are a couple of factors behind last week's drop. So firstly, the country has seen its recent spike in COVID cases, which has resulted in the government opposing its toughest restrictions so far, including strict social distancing and also the closure of certain businesses. So as we're all really aware, Taiwan's been one of the most successful countries globally in terms of containing COVID, particularly due to its early and strong border controls. And this success has enabled it to thus far avoid lockdowns and restrictions. However, as mentioned, cases have been rising this month, and on Sunday, there were 206 new locally transmitted cases, the record one-day rise for the country. As well as that, the Taiwan Equity Index is very technology-orientated, with TSMC having a remarkable 30% weighting in the benchmark, and last week saw weakness in the tech and specifically semiconductor space, so that was another factor at play. But after certainly a very, very strong run, Um, troubling on the COVID front there, but some good news on the vaccine front. And I'm thinking of the approval of the Sinopharm vaccine. Yeah, that's right. So the World Health Organization granted emergency approval uh, for the COVID vaccine made by Sinopharm, the Chinese state owned company. 
So it's the first vaccine developed by a non-Western country to get approval by the WHO. So there have been some doubts uh, regarding the jab's efficacy, and that's hampered the rollout thus far. But hopefully the approval by the WHO should alleviate some of those concerns and also assist supply. And crucially, it is expected that this vaccine will particularly be used in the developing world, where thus far vaccine rollout has been slow and obviously where we have been seeing rising cases in places like uh, India and Brazil. So hopefully this approval should help with that. Yes, good to see some positive news there. This week then, we have GDP numbers from Japan and the EU, and that was following that surprise jump in UK GDP last week. We also have inflation data from Europe, as Pella was mentioning earlier. We'll be watching there to see if higher input prices are feeding through to consumers. And in China, what are your expectations for these industrial production data, Asim? Yeah, really expectations are for the data to continue to remain strong. Expectations are for the industrial production for April to be around 10% higher compared to a year earlier. So data has shown that the export boom in China is continuing, so that will likely support the industrial production growth figures uh, coming out at the end of the week. And really, I think there's every reason to expect that China's economic momentum will continue into the second quarter most likely with retail sales, i.e. the consumer side of the economy, growing at a faster rate than industrial output. And finally then, Pella, the FOMC minutes of the last Federal Reserve meeting could shed a little more light on their expectations for transitory inflation pressures. Yes, Federal Reserve Vice Chairman Clarida was uh, pretty clear in playing down the significance of uh, last week's CPI reading, saying it was largely due to transitory effects. But it's also worth highlighting in this connection that both the Fed and indeed the ECB have indicated a bit of a shift away from strict inflation targeting, which would cause them to increase interest rates to combat rising consumer prices, to a more flexible approach focused on inflation averaging, that is, possibly accepting an overshooting of the inflation target to make up for lower inflation prints previously. Yes, and certainly the central banks have a very delicate line to tread there. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you. Thanks, Lorna.